There's a gift that takes you all the way to heaven. There's one gift in this world that guarantees you entrance into eternal life with Jesus Christ as a co-heir and seeing the glory of the Father for eternity. That package is the greatest gift ever delivered. And loved ones, here's our sermon title. Here's the good news. That package, the gift of life, that package has arrived. Hey, good day and welcome to Live in the Light. Live in the Light is a radio ministry out of Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. And around here, we are very intentional about diving into God's Word verse by verse. And we pray, seeing radical transformation in all of our lives as a result. Hey, it is Christmas time, or it's getting close. And we have a series we're looking into at the incredibly good news of Christmas. Pastor Robbie Simons, our teacher, is here with me in our studio today. And Robbie, today's message is all about the package arriving. That's right. We love packages this time of year. There's a lot of packages being sent around. Really, actually, Craig, it's kind of insane, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the consumerism and all the business that happens with that. And wow, 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 so much. Well, there's one package that would change the world forever. We know who that is, and we know what he brought. We're going to hear about it in full detail from Luke's gospel. Again, every time, Craig, we're in this narrative, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit uses it. My prayer specifically right now is for everyone who's listening. I believe in this. I believe the Holy Spirit of God is going to speak to you directly and personally with the love of the Lord that's going to seep into your heart, that you might be renewed and find hope where you are today. Craig, you and I both know that Christmas is a joyful season, but for many, it's also a very, um, it's a season of struggle as well. And for some, it's where they find themselves even feeling a bit of darkness. So well, in Jesus' name, may the light shine, okay? And Jesus is the one to do it. It'll never be the presents. It won't be the Christmas lights. It's going to be the Lord himself as always. So just put aside the eggnog for a couple of seconds right now and let's let Jesus shine powerfully in our lives with the hope of who he is. All right, praying for lots of light, praying for lots of hope and joy even as we go to Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. And again, today's message is entitled, Good News, the Package Has Arrived. You can open your Bibles to Luke Luke chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 39 to 45, Lord willing, today. I want to start by asking you guys a question this morning. And the question is this. What package um, are you most excited about this uh, Christmas season? What package? What package are you most excited about this this Christmas season? Do you know that Amazon last year delivered five billion packages worldwide? Just think about that. Five billion. One company. Do you know that UPS will deliver approximately 800 million packages in December of this year? 800 million in one month. Did you know that last year? that Canada Post delivered 1 million packages a day in December. 1 million packages a day in Canada 
last December. That's a lot of packages. So again, the question is, what package are you most excited about this Christmas season? What package are you most excited about this Christmas season? And just be honest, are you most excited about this package? There's a lot of these floating around. You're just like, what's in it? What's in it? Are you most excited about this package? What you got to know about this package is that this package can only take you so far. God forgive us. You know, one of the things as a hopefully maturing Christ follower is over the years when you get some gifts for your kids or whatever and Christmas morning comes along, whenever it is that you're opening the presents, there's a sense that you're excited for them to receive a gift, but the other sense of you, you're kind of sad. I honestly feel sadness in some ways because as they open their gift, here's what I know, it's only gonna last so long. In some ways, it's quite depressing at times how little it actually lasts. We're talking hours, days, if you're lucky, maybe a week or so, and all of a sudden that gift they're so excited about, it's sitting in the corners left untouched. This package will only take you so far. And us as adults, we look at our kids and we're like, oh, look at the things they want, but then we're no different. I mean, we hide a little better, but we're always just as excited for our gifts and our presence. This gift will only take you so far. Everything in biblical wisdom tells us that. But listen, there's a gift. There's a gift that takes you all the way to heaven. There's one gift in this world that guarantees you entrance into eternal life with Jesus Christ as a co-heir and seeing the glory of the Father for eternity. That package is the greatest gift ever delivered. And loved ones, here's our sermon title. Here's the good news. That package, the gift of life, that package has arrived. That package has arrived with the first Christmas and that package is changing lives since that moment, continuing to this very present day. Loved ones, the package has arrived, only one package we should really at the end of the day want. This package is described in beautiful detail, Luke chapter one, verse 39. Last week, we were in the passage of Gabriel to Mary. We stopped at verse 38. Now we're gonna pick up in verse 39 and Lord willing next week, we're gonna pick up in verse 46. We're just going one verse after another in this beautiful, tight, but again, beautiful sequence in God's word in Luke chapter one. Verse 39, gospel of Luke. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Awesome. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. God, fill your church with your spirit, amen? Do it, Lord. Fill your church with your Holy Spirit. Just like Elizabeth here. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, a prophetic word. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And notice, notice. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And then she ends with this, and blessed is she who believed, who believed, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. As you read this text carefully, you'll notice one word is mentioned three times. It's the word blessed. Christmas story is so much about blessing. The Lord is handing out blessings specifically here to three different people, Mary, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist. God's beautiful blessing to three different people in three many different ways. Listen, 
but they're all focused on the incarnation. See, I want you to see this through the Christmas narratives. The more you gaze at Christ, the more blessed you are. Mary, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist, they're all intensely focusing and gazing upon the Christ child who at this point is probably a few days old in the womb of Mary. And yet he is the game changer. He is the source of joy. Jesus is the one who makes infinite difference within our lives. And so what we see in them, we want to see in us. They are all very aware that the package has arrived and it's radically changing their lives. Here's the question we want to ask. Are we aware? Are we aware that the package has arrived. Some of us will say, well, of course I'm aware. I mean, Christmas was like 2,000 years ago. No, no, we're gonna find out if our lives are proving the fact that we just said that we're aware. Are we aware that the package has arrived? We're gonna see five signs that we're aware that the package has truly arrived, not just then, but in our hearts now. Number one is this. If I'm aware the package has arrived, I live with urgency. I will undeniably live with urgency on this Huge biblical theme. Again, verse 39, take a look. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste, circle, underline, highlight, haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Now, let's remember Mary just received the life-changing message from Gabriel, including the details of Elizabeth and Elizabeth's pregnancy. So again, when you're reading scripture, especially the narratives, place yourself in the text, okay? You're Mary, you're a teenager, you're confronted by the angel Gabriel, you've received this, this astounding message. I mean, really, anyway, this unbelievable message that you're going to uh, conceive and, and you're gonna give birth to the son of God who's gonna grow in you. I mean, just like, really? Like, so imagine the wonder of Mary, she travels. Imagine the thrill Imagine just the, 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 the emotion she must have been feeling as she's walking, but almost floating along to greet her cousin Elizabeth, to really have this confirmed that what she heard was true. Because if there's one person in the world that she could relay this message to, they wouldn't look at her and say, you're nuts. It was Elizabeth. Because Elizabeth was also part of God's plan at this time. And the, 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 the reunion of these two cousins coming together. Just imagine that moment. So you have to see here, Christmas in its essence is blessing. God's blessing being given to a lost and dark world. And the more you see the child, the more you are blessed. The more you are blessed, the more you feel the urgency of the reality of what you are living within. Each week, I want to put a verse up here. Each week in our series, I want to show you some Christmas prophecy. This one comes from Acts chapter three. You're like, well, Acts is chronologically, biblically after Luke. So then how is this prophecy? This is Peter speaking to the Jews who talks to them, but then looks back to what God said to the prophets and Moses and how that applies to his current day relating to the incarnation and then the fulfillment of the Messiah and his crucifixion and resurrection. It's awesome, okay? Acts 3, Peter speaking, he says, Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet, okay? Moses predicted Jesus would come. A prophet like me from your brothers, you, you shall listen to him whatever he tells you. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel, 
from those who have come after him also proclaim these days. What days? The coming of Jesus Christ. So Peter says, listen, the whole Old Testament's pointing to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he turns, next slide. Now he turns and he speaks directly to the Jews in Acts chapter three, who are listening to him. And he says, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers saying to Abraham. See, like you are the ones who came physically from Abraham. Do you have ears to hear? Do you have ears to hear, right? Because what was said again to Abraham in your offspring, Jesus, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. A massive prophecy of the Messiah coming to redeem the world for those who believe in him and love him. God having, listen, shall be blessed. And God having raised up his servant, which of course, again, is Jesus, send him to you first uh, to tell, let's say together, to bless you, notice, and to be blessed and to bless you. Notice how we're blessed by turning every one of you from your wickedness. So Christmas in its essence is the blessing of God. It's the blessing of God entering the world to turn us from sin, to give us life, to let us see light, to experience God's love and to know his favor. Christmas is blessing. Have we received the blessing? Are we aware of this package of blessing? Mary is and Mary begins to go with haste to see this news that she's received is confirmed. It creates in her a beautiful urgency. And she goes to Elizabeth, remember, two women, both miraculous conceptions, uh, one a virgin, one an old barren woman, way past the time of being able to produce a child. Mary's journey would be about 80 miles, 120 kilometers. Um, Nazareth was in the north part of, of, of Israel uh, where she was going to visit. Elizabeth was in the southern part of Israel, again, about 120 kilometers, a four-day journey. The Bible tells us that Mary wasted no time. And why did she waste no time? Was she ashamed? I don't, I don't think so. Later on in Luke, it tells us that she returned home after three months. That's when she started to be showing is when she returned home. I think she's just given a God-given urgency and eagerness to see the reality of this awesome story of God unfolding before her midst. And she could not wait to greet Elizabeth who could come together in this moment. Again, just imagine that scene. Mary walking in and greeting Elizabeth. What did Mary want to do? The same thing we should want to do with a Christmas story. Mary wanted to share truth. Mary wanted to say the plan of God is unfolding the gospel. Loved ones, we in our lives, we should want to share the truth of Christmas as well. There should be a growing burden in us to shine the light of the Lord Jesus Christ has been a great theme of even the service today. Mary wanted to share her faith. And think about it, her faith as in not faith with Elizabeth, but like the fact that she's feeling the faith and her excitement for Christ. And she joins with Elizabeth and her faith would be confirmed with Elizabeth. Again, the joy between the two of them, imagine that. The encouragement, the supernatural moment of these two women coming and they both know what's happening. The only two women in the world at that point who understand the magnitude of this moment. Hey listeners, we'll get back to Robbie's message in just a moment, but we wanted to pause for a second to ask, did you know that you can catch up with past messages from Living the Light on our website? Previously aired series are archived there and available to listen to at any time. You can also tune in anytime wherever you get your podcasts. So on that, happy listening. Now, let's get back to today's message. There's an urgency to that. There should be an urgency with us as well. 
Notice there's an urgency to share fellowship. Again, think about it. Is there anyone else that Mary could actually tell this story to? I mean, her parents, it's just like, hey, so this angel Gabriel came from God and he showed up and he told me that I'm gonna get pregnant, but not by a man, but by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit overshadowed me. And then he is saying, I'm gonna give birth to the son of God, the very son of God, the one you've never seen before. He's gonna come down to earth. He's gonna start in my womb. I'm gonna give birth to him. He's gonna be the king and the savior of the world and save people from their sins. And her parents will be like, what are you smoking, Mary? Like, honestly, right? I mean, if you're a parent, you're like, really? Like, like that's nice, hon. You go back to bed. Let's probably sick a little bit here. Let's get you healthy. So you start thinking rationally. If there's one person she could share this message with to understand, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, she goes with haste for the fellowship that is found in like-minded believers who love the Lord Jesus Christ and are on the same page. Don't ever discount that. The power of being together, that we can rejoice together in the greatest truth ever. And then, of course, she has an urgency to share her joy, to share her joy. Last thing I want to say about this is, notice Mary is so, she's so transfixed as understandable on Christ. All, her whole life at this point is purity. There's no time for trash, man. There's no time for garbage. You know what I'm saying? Like, she won't be distracted right now because she's so aware of Christ. She's so, her gaze is so fixed on Jesus Christ that when the trash starts to try to enter in, she's like, I don't have any, any desire for the trash, for the sin, for the distraction, for the ridiculousness. You, you want to see the trash be put out of your life and your heart? The more we are focused in the purity of Jesus Christ, the more our lives take on the same image. The more purity enters into our hearts and from our mouths and in our thoughts, the more we are focused on Jesus Christ, the more we become like him, the purity comes in and the trash goes out. It's one of the hugely beautiful themes of the Christmas story as well. There's such an awareness of Christ. There's no time. There's no time for all that garbage that seeks to bring us down. God help us. It's the same reason the shepherds ran with great haste to see the child. You know, you ever thought about how often we are living with haste, but for all the wrong things? Do you ever think about how often we are rushing to what? Rushing to absolutely nothing. Are you like me sometimes and you're so anxious to get home and fight through traffic, but you're like, what am I getting home to? Sometimes you're rushing home just to sit there. Sit there and do what? I don't know. Watch some television show. Rushing home, having road rage, getting angry at people for taking one car spot in front of you. And in the end, for what? So often in this world, we're rushing, eternally speaking, to nothing. God, give us wisdom. Am I aware the package has arrived? If I'm aware the package has arrived, man, I will live with a biblical Christ-centered urgency, number two. If I'm aware the package has arrived, I will be filled with God's spirit. Look at verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is amazing verse. Elizabeth simply hears Mary's voice and Jay the bee leaps in her womb. That's awesome. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, so beautiful. Loved ones, at the center of this text is Jesus Christ. Everything that's happening of power and glory is all centered at the Son of God. All the faith, all the joy, all the power, all the strength. It's centered on Jesus Christ. The, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit within this passage is centered on Jesus Christ. The great ministry of the Holy Spirit is to be a spotlight to shine upon Jesus Christ. 
If you want the power of God's spirit to fill your life, the spirit of God fills most the people who are in love with the son of God. The spirit of God delights in the son of God and the spirit of God fills the people of God who also delight in the son of God. Let's just be honest right now. As we read this passage right here, a lot of us, a lot of us right now, we want the joy of Elizabeth, we want the power of John the Baptist, and we want the favor of Mary. We just do. We read this. I want the joy of Elizabeth, I want the favor of Mary, and I want the power of John the Baptist. But here's the better question right now. But do you want God's son? because that's how they knew their favor and joy and strength because their whole life was about Jesus Christ. We want the blessing. We often don't want him. Just speaking the truth because I see my own heart. We so often hold our hands out to receive what God we think he should give us. But in the end, we're missing the whole point of the giver. Think what a terrible sin that is. Give me all your blessing, Lord, but I'll just kind of disregard you in the process. Don't miss, man, everything that's happening within this story of the power and the filling of God's spirit. Every person involved is 100% aware of the package that's arrived and they know all glory is found in him and they love him and they want to praise him and worship him. And that's where they know the joy, the favor, and the strength. Please, Lord, fill your church with the same. Let us also be reminded the single greatest hindrance to the Holy Spirit filling our lives is sin. Sin quenches God's spirit in our lives. Sin grieves the spirit of God in our lives. Sin is the great deterrent to our affection and singing and service and sanctification. So I thought about this Christmas season right now and I was thinking, well, what are some of the most prominent sins in this season that, that, that deter or quench the spirit of God within our lives? And I'm gonna call them seasonal sins. Now that's kind of ridiculous because they're always sins. But let's just say, what are we most susceptible to during the season? And I came up with a list that started with G's. Why G's? I don't know. It just sounded good and it seemed to flow, okay? So here are some seasonal sins focused on the theme of G. Number one is this, greed. As much as this is supposed to be a season of giving, let's just be honest, man. It often turns into a season of greed. If you want to reduce the power of God's spirit in your life, then just keep on making it about us, about accumulation, about pursuing stuff that will never ultimately satisfy. Here's another G, gluttony. That's a seasonal sin. All the food, it's great, it's great. Nothing against food, amen? It's good. The, the, the wonderful variety that God creates, the infinite combinations of taste buds and, and of flavor. At the end of the day, it's amazing to me though how we stuff our faces so full and so fat that in the end, we have no appetite left over for the Lord. And you know, I speak truth about this too. It's good, it's good, but there's a line you cross. And all of a sudden we're so focused on the idol of our food and feeding our stomachs that our hearts become barren and desolate. When the Christ child's over in the corner wanting our affection, longing for our adoration, and we're too busy worshiping the physical food instead of the bread of life. Next one, gorging on entertainment. That's a seasonal sin. Uh, ladies, a uh, Hallmark Channel. 
Guys, everything else. I mean, think about it. Again, I don't mind a good Christmas movie or whatever. Some of the things that even our family does together. But the reality is, is that if we're so filling ourselves with the mindless form of entertainment, it's taking us away from pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ. That's going to really limit God's spirit within our lives. Next one. Green with envy. There's a sin. We're so focused on other people. We failed to realize our own hearts before the Lord. We're going to see that in the text today. The purity and the power of seeing Christ. Stop looking around, man. Just look within. Here's another one. Gift obsessed. We talked about that. The materialism, the, 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 the commercialism of our season causes us to be so focused on an object that we miss the Son, the God of glory. Here's another one. Idolatrous gaming. Why did I have to put gaming? Because gaming always applies in our day. Doesn't matter what we're talking about, when we're talking about. I'm not saying gaming's a sin in itself, but it quickly becomes idolatrous and starts to take our hearts away from Christ and grieves the spirit of God. Next one, going nonstop. This grieves me in this, this season of Christmas. And again, we're often rushing, we're rushing, we're rushing, we're rushing. I get it, man. There's like to-do lists and there's, Dinners need to be prayer and the things need to be done and just the thing, but, but just, just again, just the commotion and the hamster wheel and the spinning of the plates and the frantic pace and the stress we feel. And just, but just, just do it long enough and just say, stop, time out, time out. What am I doing? Why am I so stressed out? What am I worried about really? Just time out for a second. Is this that important? Just ask the question. The frantic pace. The incredible busyness is one of the greatest deterrents to actually seeking and listening and hearing the voice of God and knowing his spirit fill our lives. Next one is gossip. Why? Well, it starts with the G. But listen, the, the tongue is like a fire that sets a forest ablaze. How important it is that we guard our tongues that we will not grieve. I'm thinking that this probably here too is one of the greatest grievances and, and hindrances of God's spirit within our lives. The words we choose to say. Last one, Grinch-like. Just in a season where there should be joy from Christ because we're, honestly, because we're focusing on all these other things, then we become super grumpy and we become miserly and we lack a generosity. And it, you know, I just want to say that right there, just, um, our, our inability to be generous will grieve the work of the Spirit of God within our lives as well. Um, giving and generosity is such a, a part of, of the evidence that God's Spirit is working within us. We don't hoard or hold on to, we release and we give. If I'm aware of the package of blessing, then I will be filled with God's Spirit. Oh Lord, may it be so. Thirdly, if I'm aware of the package of blessing, I am humbled by grace. I am humbled by grace. Look at verse 42 now. And she exclaimed with a loud cry. Um, that, that expression, loud cry, again, used as a prophetic utterance. So the Holy Spirit now is giving Elizabeth a prophetic word. She is stating something she could not know otherwise in herself. A loud cry. Notice, blessed are you among women. Notice she doesn't say above women. She says, blessed are you among women. Mary's a woman. In the Jewish culture, 
I'll wait to get that in just a second. And blessed is the fruit of your womb, she says here, okay? So again, notice, you are most blessed among all women. Why? Because again, in Jewish culture, women's greatness was based upon the children they bore. So if you are gonna give birth to the son of God, um, well, that's the biggest blessing there is, okay? So this is what Elizabeth is recognizing. Also notice, um, Elizabeth is probably 60 years older than Mary. In Jewish culture, for her to honor someone who's a teenager in this way, it just doesn't happen, unthinkable. It's like the opposite of what happened in that culture. But here's what God is doing. God is moving. And Elizabeth is a godly woman. She has a righteousness growing within her. She hears the spirit of God and she speaks blessing. She knows what's right. She says, blessed is the fruit of your womb, meaning your child, Mary, will be the greatest ever. Now remember, Elizabeth's child is the greatest person ever born besides Jesus, John the Baptist. She was promised in Luke 1 and the angel's message to Zechariah, your child will be great. But she knows that Mary's child will be the greatest. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you again next time at Live in the Light. Oh, yeah. I wanna-